But the one thing I've learned is that in our hardest times, when you don't know where to turn, his scripture is a place to get lost in. And there's been a passage of scripture that has, I don't want to say haunted me, but has stuck with me for a couple of months. And it's from the prophet Jeremiah. And it's going to be our core scripture over the next few weeks. And we're starting a series called Running with Giants. And it's interesting that today the subject matter was transitions, that even giants face transition. And uh, it wasn't something that I suddenly planned because of my mom's transition or anything like that. This is what was planned to go along. And it was just very interesting to see that God always knows that his time is perfect. How many know his time is always perfect? And I love that. So I want to remind you that I'm not asking you to be somber. I'm not asking you, look, my mom had a wonderful life. She lived amazingly. They lived a life of giants. They lived a life of faith that we can be proud of. And now she is walking with her heavenly father. She is walking with my dad, her mom, her mama. She's walking with all those folks, and it's all good. It's all good. Transitions. If you would, would you stand to your feet with me very quickly and let's open up our Bibles into the book of Jeremiah. And I want to read a particular passage, chapter 12, verse 5. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 12, verse 5. I love this passage. The Lord is answering Jeremiah's question because Jeremiah is wondering why Everything else is prospering around him and things are so difficult for him. His enemies look like things are going well. And he keeps asking God these questions and the Lord answers him in verse 5. He says, Jeremiah, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? I want to read that one more time because that can be a, a strange verse if we read it out of context, it says, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? In other words, Jeremiah, if you want to walk or run with the giants, but just walking with the regular folks has worn you out, then how can you expect to run the race of a giant? Let's pray. Father, today we thank you Lord, you're so good to us, and we thank you for your word, for it comforts us. It's a safe harbor in the midst of our pain. It's a place for us to run to when we're confused. And today, Father, I pray that as we sow the seeds of your word into the lives of your children today, that, God, you will find fertile soil, that our hearts would be prepared for the seed that's being planted. And Lord, although we're not perfect, we know, God, that our desire is to be more like you. So I pray, God, that your word would cut us to the core, that we would not be afraid of the, the call of repentance, that we wouldn't be afraid to admit that we've done some things this week, we've thought some things, we've struggled with ideas that aren't of you, that we would confront our humanity with your grace. So, Father, we ask this, that you would change us. And when we leave this house today, that we would leave here changed 
in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You can be seated. As you're being seated, turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day. Oh, there's a little passion, but I want you to turn to somebody. You know, I do this every week, but maybe you need to turn to somebody you actually like. So turn to somebody you actually like. It's going to be a good day. So if you can't handle walking with the footman, how can you contend with horses? How many of you in here have dreams? How many of you have big goals in your life? Somewhere down the line, come on, just how many people say, I've got some goals, I've got some things I want to attain? Now, see, some of you, here's the problem. Some of us get into the place of life where we think, well, I've already done that, all that. I'm in the chill-out mode of my life. Can I tell you right now that there is no such thing as a chill-out mode in your spiritual life? God has a plan and a destiny for you, and he has something he wants you to accomplish. And you have been called to run with giants. You have been called to do something great, but the challenge in our lives is that we've got to confront some things and we've got to deal with some things so that we can do what God's called us to do, so that we can be who God's called us to be. This passage has really just stuck with me for so long, and it really shows me, a, draws a great picture of one of the hardest questions we can ask. Because if we were to be honest today, most of us in this room would probably say that I prefer my walk, and my journey to be easy. We're, we are just, we're just programmed for ease. Everything we do is around that. You know, it's like, uh, what, last Sunday it was cold in here, right? And now there are some people who say, it's hot in here now. And, or the coffee was hot, or the coffee's cold, or, or, you know, the AC's not right in your car, or you didn't get the right parking place, or all those different things. We want ease. We want comfort, but the reality is if you're going to do something great with your life, if you're going to have a great marriage, if you're going to have a great walk with God, if you're going to see miracles, if you're going to see these things, we have to realize that we don't get to live like other people. I want you to really grab a hold of that today because if you want to do something great, you can't expect to just simply be like everybody else. You're going to have to do something different. What is that? Well, I want to draw this picture for you because it's a perfect picture in the Bible. And that picture is the river of the Jordan. The Jordan River, is a, it's, it's, it's stuck out all through the scripture that shows us some fascinating things. And I'm going to take you through a couple different pictures of the Jordan River that I think can help you understand how are you going to run with giants. How did my parents do what they did? How did they overcome every obstacle that ever came into their way and still survive? And not only survive, but thrive. How do you accomplish that in your life? The Jordan River is interesting, and I want to take you into 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm not going to open it up, but I'm going to just talk about that. We're going to talk about Elijah and Elisha. It's a very interesting story because the prophet Elijah has come to the end of his ministry. And it's already been prophesied. He already knows that his time's coming up, and he's going to meet God. All these things are happening, and, and Elisha's walking with him, and they come to the Jordan River. Now, one of the fascinating things that happens is this. The Jordan River will always represent transition. Always. The Jordan River represents transition in our life. It's a place of transition. And transition is a part of life. So I want to just challenge you right now to realize 
that just like Elijah, just like Elisha, just like another man we're going to talk about in a little bit named Naaman, you're going to face transitions in your life. And the way that you handle the transition in your life will dictate what tomorrow looks like. Because there are so many things that we do and a lot of people in their lives, in the midst of transitions, end up wrecking their lives because they don't handle a transition right. So that's what I want to talk about in just a few minutes that I've got today. But in Elijah and Elisha crossed the Jordan, and here's the one thing that we can learn, all right? On the other side of the Jordan is where the spectacular happens. Let me rephrase that. On the other side of your transition that you don't want to face is where the spectacular happens. That's where the miracle is. That's where the place of overcoming is. That's where your breakthrough is. It's moving beyond that place. That transition, it's hard. This week, we faced some things that are hard. But we recognize that the greatest things of God come on the other side of difficult places. And here's what I find interesting about this, because Elijah walks up to the water, and he takes his mantle off, wraps around his staff, and smacks the water, and the water parts, and they walk across. And then, after he walks across the river of Jordan on dry ground as they walk across he and Elisha he's taken up into heaven in a chariot of fire that's pretty spectacular and the only thing Elisha wanted he said I just want the double anointing and then the anointed the mantle falls to the ground Elisha picks up the mantle and as he begins to leave he walks back to the Jordan I want you to grab this. Every next step of your life, every great place that God has for you will require this time when you are expected to take a step of faith. So Elisha, in the same way, said, where is the God of Elijah? And did exactly as he had seen his predecessor do and took and struck the water with the mantle and he walked over on dry ground, but he walked over into a double anointing. He did twice the miracles. You see, he walked over into something spectacular. And so many of us go and we decide we're going to camp out on this side of the Jordan. We've decided, I don't want to do anything difficult. I don't want to face these things because, you know, if it's God, it's got to be easy. And I just want to tell you right now that that is a lie from the enemy. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. When it's easy, I get nervous. When things are just flowing easily and there's just, not, you know, I'm like going, ah, something, something's up. The enemy's fixing to do so. I'm just, you know, because I'm always looking at this. Is this, I am looking for that place of transition in every moment. It's the story of our lives. As you grow up, you find new places of transition. You graduate from high school. And your friends scatter all across the country. You meet that woman of your dreams. You meet the man of your dreams and and you decide to get married and your life radically changes. It's a transition. You're facing things in your life. People disappear. People die. It's transition. New challenges, new jobs. It's a life of transition, and the challenge is this, is how do we handle these transitions? How do we walk with giants? How do we be people of faith in the midst of a land that does not know what faith is? When we walk in a place where we just want comfort, we just want ease, how do we be the people that God needs us to be? I can tell you this way. 
We've got to learn to trust God in every season. Every season. I've learned there, there are seasons that I have joy and it's just everywhere. It's just all over me. I'm just happy all the time. Then there are seasons I'm, I'm struggling, man. There are seasons I'm going, why did all this happen? How, does it have to, you know, you're asking God, God, does it really have to be this hard? Does it really have to be this difficult to do what you called us to do? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I've asked God that question and he never answers me. I mean, you may be a lot more spiritual than I am, but there's that place where I'm saying, God, you know, when you called us to this and we stepped into it, you know, when we originally thought all this was going to happen, you know, in my mind, I'm going to pastor with my father for my entire lifetime. You know, it's like, that's not even a realistic thought. But yet, that's how you feel, and that's what you expect. And then as you go through the journey, things change, things shift. People that were walking with you are no longer walking with you. But the question that you look at is saying, okay, then who is my source? Who is the person that is leading me? Who am I following? And the answer to that, the answer should be, I'm following God. I'm following where the Spirit leads me. And if God's in it, I'm in it. If God's in it, I'm open to it. And that's what we've got to learn in our lives is we've got to learn to trust. I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says. And, and uh, one of my favorite places, because this is such a comfort, it says in verse 11, says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything beautiful in what? It's time. See, God knows timing that we don't. It goes on to say, also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. In other words, the mystery of that scripture is God saying, you're never going to understand every single thing that's happening in your life because our minds cannot conceive it. I can tell you that for me and Tawana, when God started moving the church into the direction that God's moved it into, uh, it was all exciting and terrifying all at the same time. And I'll just give you the brief, the brief history, just, just a touch of it is, is you know, I remember when, when God started shifting things in, uh, in 2015, as God started moving on us and, and speaking to our leadership, and God started saying, it's, it's time, it's time to do something radical, it's time to do something different. And we began to do that, we thought we had it planned out, because I like a plan. Anybody else like me? I like a plan. I like plan A, I like plan B, C, and D. And I'll go all the way to Z if I can come up with one. And that way if plan A doesn't work or plan B doesn't work, I've got an answer. Isn't it interesting how God works? And he says, you can take all your plans and you can throw them all away because your plans don't mean anything because this is not your house. This is my house. Your life belongs to me. I have got your best in mind. You need to learn to trust my plan. You know, and I think that's such an important thing for us to understand is that because when we're facing these big moments, guys, really, listen to this. I know it's the dead of summer. I know we are in the middle of summer. People are traveling. People are doing these things. But I don't want you to lose sight of the miracle that God is doing in this house right now. I don't want you to miss the transition points of your life where it can change you, where it can show you what does God have for you in the next little bit? What does the next season of your life look like? 
We have to understand he has made everything beautiful in its time. And listen, (laughs) when we're in transitions, it can be scary. New experiences, the comfort zone that you're accustomed to goes away. You know, for the first time, one of the things that I've struggled with, and I'm going to stay away from this subject and you'll understand why, but one of the things that I've struggled with is this, is, you know, there's something weird that when, when both of your parents are gone, things feel different. The world looks different. It's just a, it's a strange thing. And we're, me and my siblings, we're all trying to wrap our heads around that right now. And I'm, I'm grateful that God has brought all of us together and we were all able to be here. But the reality that I'm talking about here is that transitions are difficult. And there's times they're scary when God calls you into a place that you don't know all the answers. You thought life was going just like you, oh, it was just like planned. And then all of a sudden the person that you love walked out on you. Everything was going great. You're financially happening. You've been generous and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, the company that you work for has a massive layoff. And here you are left wondering, I've never been unemployed. How am I supposed to handle this? You've been building your business for years and years. And God calls on you and says, I'm ready for you to do something differently. And calls on you to sell everything and do something that God's called you to do. Those are terrifying moments. And I know we want to spiritualize everything and just act like, oh, no, man, praise, praise God. But I can tell you this, when, when we realized that our church had sold, the other buildings had sold, and we realized we had nowhere to go, I wasn't going to say, well, thank you, Jesus. I was thinking, oh, God, why hast thou forsaken me? But it was part of the journey. It was part of the transition. We had choices to make. We could either cower, give up, pass on, do whatever we need to do. We could either just stop trying and say, you know what, we screwed up. Let's back out of all this stuff. Or we can cross the Jordan expecting God to do what he promised he would do. Right? And that's what he wants to do in you. Because the Jordan River is a picture of how God uses transitions in our lives. Think about the Hebrew children. They come out of Egypt. They're out of slavery and all this stuff. And they come all this. God leads them to the Jordan River. They're about to cross over into the promise. And they come to the Jordan. We know the story. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. But they come to the Jordan and then they turn back. Because they were stuck in a mindset. They were stuck in this way of thinking that, re- that kept them from doing what they needed to do. They chose to stay in a slavery mindset. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I don't want you to stick in that place where you're stuck. I don't want you to say, I'm going to stay right here because if I move forward, it's going to be too difficult. I want to let you know there was a reason when they were leaving Egypt that there was a fire behind them because a lot of people say, well, the fire behind them was to protect them. I think it might have been a little different. I think it was like, you're going forward whether you like it or not. You know, it's, it's a matter of perspective, isn't it? And I look at it like this. There are some times in our life that transition takes us to the place that says, you know what? You better get moving or your butt's going to get burned. I could say that my mama, oh, she can't hear me, but she'll get me. But the reality is I want you to understand that that's, God uses these things and we don't want to be like the Hebrews as they did that. What was the cost? And when you think about that, what was the cost when they turned back from the Jordan and wandered in the desert? 
40 years and an entire generation of people did not get to see the promise. Why? Because they didn't handle their transition. They didn't trust God with their transition. Me and my family are in a place where we're trusting God with a transition that none of us wanted. But I can tell you this, we prayed and we prayed a prayer as a family. We said, God, you know what? See, some of you might not even really realize because my mom was a very private person, but she overcame breast cancer, won that battle. Then she had ovarian cancer. And they said that she may make it two years. She survived that, doubled, and then had Alzheimer's advanced Alzheimer's, and as she was struggling with that, the cancer came back, and we were praying, God, you know what, as she loses herself, can you please, if you're not going to heal her on this earth, take her so that she doesn't lose herself completely. And you know what, God heard our prayer. You see, it's even in those transitions, and we don't understand, and we're like, man, this is painful, this is not what I wanted in life, this is not what I want, it's a transition, it's a journey that all of us have to face, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter because we're human, and it's part of the human journey, and it's not fun, this part. However, I believe this. How we handle the transition in this moment will define what the next part of our lives look like. See, God has transitioned us in a church into a new direction, into a new place, saying, here, I need you to touch the world. See, next, on the 28th, we're going to be hitting vision. We're going to be telling people all around this community and all around this world, here's what we're doing as a body of believers. This is what we're going to do to change the world. We're not just building a building so we can all be comfortable and have our little country club up here on the hillside. We're a hospital. We're a place for the hurt and the broken. This is something that we have been called to. But remember this, and I said it last week, focus on who you're becoming, not on who you used to be. Because if you focus on who you used to be, you'll be just like the Hebrews who kept coming to this place and they kept remembering, well, you know what, life wasn't so bad. We had food to eat. We had a roof over our heads when we were slaves. And I don't want you turning back into the slavery of sin because at least you were comfortable. Because if you're going to run with giants, you're going to have to face some hard things. One of the things I, I like about the, the Jordan is this, is that Jordan, the Jordan River is it's either a barrier or a bridge to your destiny. It's either a barrier or a bridge. Let, let me just give you a little insight on, on the Jordan River. <clears throat> How many of you have been to Israel? A few of you have been to Israel. And um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to tell you something. The Jordan River, when we talk about it here in the U.S., and we talk about it, it's, it's kind of romantic, isn't it? We think, oh, the Jordan River, they crossed over it. And, and I think well, a lot of us look at it like it's an oasis. It's just this beautiful thing, you know, just flowing through, you know, kind of like a, a lazy river at a theme park, you know. And actually, it's dirty and nasty and river rats everywhere. It's a dirty, dirty river. And this river is interesting because... So many important things happen there. And here's what I need you to see with that. That's why it's representative of the transitions in your life. Because transitions can be messy. But yet God calls us to it. God still calls us to the messy places. This is where I want you to be. This is what I need you to cross over. And this is what I want you to see. And here's what I like about this. Transitions. The Jordan River dumps into two bodies of water. 
It dumps into the Sea of Galilee, which is life-giving, and it dumps into the Dead Sea, which is stagnant. My point in that is this, is that you make the choice of where your transition will take you. Today, you have a choice to whether believe that I want to end up life-giving or I want to be stagnant. And if you choose to do the same thing you've always been doing, your life will become stagnant. Your walk with God will become stagnant. Some of you are spiritually stuck today. Some of you are in a place where you haven't felt the Holy Spirit moving on your heart in so long. And you say, well, if the preacher would just preach about the Holy Ghost, I don't have to preach about the Holy Ghost for the Holy Ghost to move on you. And the Holy Ghost lives inside you. You're stagnant. And you're cold. And it's because you've been making the wrong choices with your transition. So let me give you just a, a couple of things that, that <clears throat> I can tell it's been a long week. I hadn't even been preaching hard and I'm about to lose my voice. But this is one of the things I really want you to grab a hold of. Because if you're going to walk into your destiny, if we as a church are going to be who God's called us to be, if you are going to be able to make a difference like you've been called to make, there's something you've got to do. You've got to have the faith to let go. You've got to have the faith to let go. We don't like letting go. <clears throat> but we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. And we're walking by faith, it's uncertain territory. Because it's a place we've never been. But yet we know. We have to have the faith to know that God is there for us. Because when your safety net's not there, listen, you know, life with a safety net's great. Isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? You've got a safety net. It's like, yeah, if you've got $3 million and you've risked a million dollars, you're still okay. Right? You've got a safety net. But if you've got $3 million and you've risked $3 million, it's not as fun. Because if you fail, you completely fail. So you come to this place, you say, you know what? I need to learn that I need to trust God, that the safety net is gone, that I'm walking in, that he is the only thing that I can depend on. Man, new seasons can be stressful. And you know what? The, the Hebrews had a hard time because they didn't want to let go of the past. But listen, I want you to hear me on this particular point because this is so powerful. It's so important for you to be able to let go of what God did yesterday so that you can walk in what God wants to do inside you tomorrow. What God did yesterday was amazing. But what God wants to do tomorrow is even better than you can ever imagine. But you have to make a choice. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to walk with? Who are you going to lean on? And many people wreck their lives in their transitions and they totally miss what God has for them. We all know the scripture in Isaiah chapter 43 says, Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I just want you to understand that God is doing something new. Are you willing to handle the transition to move into that place? Are you willing to be who God's called you to be? And when you're talking about letting go, I'm going to give you two things really quickly. It's weird how I did my notes last night, but... 
two things that you've got to let go of. You've got to let go of your old roles, your old identities. When you walk into a new place, when you're walking into a transition, there are times you've got to let go of what was for what is. The people of Israel or the Hebrew children had a difficult time letting go of the slavery mentality to understand that God had told them, you are no longer slaves. You are free. You are my children. You're going to be a great nation. But yet through their entire existence, they kept referring back to the thing of they were just a nation of slaves. And so many of us are in that place. We walk into a new thing and we walk into a new situation, into a new season of our lives, and we still want to live out the same role. I'll give you just a quick example. I was a worship leader for a lot of years, and I loved it. I absolutely love it. I'm a worshiper. I love to worship. I love to sing. I love to do these things. But the reality in my life is that when I come to the place of a new time, In a new season, I had to let go of some things. Or I could just be the preacher that did everything, a one-man show. And that's not what God called me to. And I had to release things, and now I look around, and I release it to Jeremy Medkiff. Yep. Complete miracle. But Jeremy took the mantle, and he took it to places that I couldn't take it. And then that mantle got passed on to Jonathan Lee, and he took it to places that we couldn't have taken it without him. And then we came to the place where Trey and Chanel Corley took on the mantle, and now we have multiple worship leaders that lead us in worship every single week. It grew from one person leading worship to a team of people that lead us into worship every Sunday. See, what I want you to understand is if we stay stuck in the roles that we are, we're in, we cannot walk into the fullness of what God's trying to do fully. So we come to that place, we say, I, I need to let go of some things. Let me give you a quick example. David, I'm not going to give you the scriptures for just for sake of time. But David, remember David and Goliath. David slew Goliath, we know the story. But later on, David is confronted by Goliath's brothers. I don't know if you knew that story or not. And the reality is, is that David was about to die. He was about to be slain by them because he was functioning in a season that was past. Oh man, this will preach and I've got to stay off this for a little bit because so many of us get so hung up on what we used to be that we don't do what we're supposed to be. We're not living out what we're supposed to be. So David is about to lose his battle. As a matter of fact, the giant's brother thought he had already slain David. And that was the only thing that saved David's life. And one of the other guys came in and slew the giant's brother. Anyway, my point is this. At the end of that battle, the guys came around David and said, David, you cannot fight anymore. Why risk the light of Israel? And David had to face a new season because David was a warrior. David was a warrior. That's all he ever did was fight battles and conquer. That's what he did. But he walked into a season where God had called him to something new. And he had to deal with that. And obviously he struggled with that, but we've got to be current with what God's doing in our life. Let me hurry because I want to tell you about Naaman. Number two, you've got to let go of your fear to move forward. You've got to let go of your fear to move forward forward. If you don't, you're going to repeat the same season over and over, the same issues, always wondering why God never came through for you. 
and God saying, I'm here. I'm trying to push you. I'm trying to get you to that place, but I need you to step forward. You've got to be willing to move. It's interesting, in Joshua's day, we're talking about the Hebrew children. In Joshua's day, when he led, remember what happened? It says, the Bible tells us that when the priests stepped into the water, then the water parted. Now, wouldn't it have been easier if the water parted and then we stepped through? But I think there's something powerful in a transition that God says, no, look, the Red Sea and the Jordan are two different experiences. Because the Jordan you're going to cross many times in your life. The Red Sea might be a one-time experience. But God says in most of our transitions, I'm requiring you to step out in faith and take the step. You're going to get a little wet. You might get a little mud on your toe. It might be a little uncomfortable. But when you do what you can do, I'll do what I can do. And I love that because that's who he is. You've got to step out to experience greatness. You've got to follow through to get to your breakthrough. It's a beautiful thing. And finally, let me just tell you the story about Naaman. Naaman, we find his story in 2 Kings chapter 5. And <clears throat> Naaman was an interesting, he was a very wealthy man and had come down with leprosy. He was sick, he needed a healing. So here he was, he hunted down Elisha, he hunted down the prophet and said, I'm, I need healing. He came ready to pay. That's, you know, that's every preacher's dream. Man, you want to get healed and you want to pay for it? Praise God. But I like what Elisha said. He said, none of that. He said, he looked at him, he just nonchalantly, in, in the way that I read this passage, just, he just nonchalantly says, yeah, you can be healed, go into the Jordan and dip. Right? You remember the story, anybody? Go into the Jordan. Now, see, what you don't understand is we think, why did Naaman have a hard time with this? Because the Bible says he got furious and left. Why? Because the Jordan River is nasty. I'm going to tell you something. I mean, it's, it's so funny to me because we are so spoiled in the U.S. We are so spoiled. It's like, man, our showers are nice, right? But there are some places you'll go. If I don't know how many people have been on mission trips. You've been on mission trips? I remember one particular mission trip I went on. We had a shower in this village. And we were blessed. It was a shower. Let me tell you about this shower. It was three brick walls with a, with a little sheet. And they had been ingenious. They took a water hose and they put a hole in the brick and it went out. And they had this nice, soft, little velvety fungus <laughs> that grew all around it. And it was nasty. But the reality was it still did what it needed to do. You see, we get so spoiled because we want things the way we want them. We don't realize that sometimes God's asking us to do what's difficult because it shows us who our source is. It reminds us that he is the God of our transition. He's the God of our struggle, and he's got this. But Naaman was furious. And he went back, and one of his servants said, Naaman, if he had asked you to do something special... Would you have done it? And it, it really made me think. Naaman finally took the plunge and God healed him. But what happened? Naaman wanted it to happen his way. And that is the biggest lesson I can give you about your transitions today. It's not going to happen the way 
you want it to happen. I can almost assure you of that. But it will happen the way God wants it to happen. He wants to do something amazing in your life, but what are you going to do? Are you going to allow him to move in your life? Are you going to allow him to say, God, not my way, but your way? God, if this is how it rolls out, if this is what it looks like, then God, I'm okay with it. If I don't have all the nice things that everybody else has, it's okay. If, God, you've called me to a simple life, I embrace that. God, if you've called me to be rejected by man, if you've called me to be an outcast, whatever it is, God, if you've called me to speak to nations, if you've called me to stand up and be ridiculed because of your name, whatever it is, God, I'm willing to be what you've called me to be. And I think what we don't realize, the power of that statement right there. What do you want me to be, not do what do I want to be? Because most of us, let's be honest, and I'm wrapping up very quickly, is this. Most of us want God to fulfill our dreams, not to fulfill the dream that God created for us. So we have to learn what Isaiah said in verse 119. He said that if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient... You shall eat the good of the land. You see, we want all of it at no cost. We don't want to face the transition. We don't want to mess with the dirty Jordan. But the reality in our lives for every one of us is that if we're going to step into that new season, if we're going to step in that new place that God has for us, we're going to have to face the things that we don't want to face. And that's my question for you this morning. What's your part? What is it in your life that you need to face? What transition in your heart? What kind of things are you needing to put away? What are you needing to put away and say, God, I'm tired of being stuck spiritually. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready for my breakthrough. I'm ready for the fullness of the Spirit in my life. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we are not going to have a dead church in this place. We're not going to have a spiritless church. We're going to have a church where people's lives are being changed because of what the Holy Spirit does. And I will not... Oh, you're going to get me. But I want to make sure that we all understand. Transition is weird. I remember this. Let me just tell you a quick story and I'm going to end. I remember when we moved from Millersville to Rivergate. And I remember walking into that building and thinking, wow. When the day that me and Tawana walked in that building, when it was just a dilapidated place falling in on itself and had been lived in by homeless people, we walked in and we're sitting there and my dad calls me and I pull out my flip phone. That's how long ago it was. And he says, where are you at? And I said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. Me and Tawana are inside that old theater in Rivergate. And, and he goes, the one over by service merchandise? That's how old we are. And I said, yeah, yeah, Dad, that's where, that's where I, he said, hang on, stay right there, I'm on my way. He said, I had a dream about that place last night. He came in and we had a conversation. He said, Clay, the dream that God placed in your heart starts here. From that day forward, we didn't look back. I remember thinking, me and Tawana thought this so many times, we thought, you know, there's no way that we will ever outgrow or need, this is so much space. <laughs> And then fast forward a bunch of years, 
we're meeting with dad and dad tells me in Tawana, he takes us out into this area and he's looking around and he's saying, I need you to see what God's going to do. He, you've got to see with eyes of vision, Clay. It's coming. There's, there's a change coming. This is what he's telling me. This is 2014. There's a change coming. And I need you to see it. It's important that you see it. And he kept asking, can you see it? <laughs> and all I can see is dollar signs. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to see it. <laughs> and then my father passes away suddenly. But yet he had started the next motion forward into where God was taking us. What I'm wanting you to see through all this, it's transitions. But if you stay faithful to what God's called you to. Listen, for those of you that are rooted and planted in this body, stay rooted, stay planted. And guess what? You're going to see the miracle that you've been praying for. You're going to see the stuff that you're looking for. You're going to see the lost, the hopeless. You're going to see them coming in. You're going to see nations affected by what happens in this place. It's coming. It's coming. But sometimes we got to step through the muddy water. Sometimes we've got to step through... The muddy water. And my last thing is this. You've got to be open to what God has for you. Just be open to what God has for you. Because once again, this is uncharted territory. It's what transition is. You know, right now, things are finally kind of finishing up with a building. There's still a lot of little things going on and, and they came to us and, and they, they realized looking through all the budget stuff and all the other extra stuff that had to be done, we're still short $20,000. Tawana looked at me and she goes, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to have to trust God. And you know, we look at that and we go, well, I don't even understand how we can even, how did this happen? How did that happen? It's called a transition. It's called, it's a Jordan experience. And you look at it and, and we're saying, what, what are we going to do? And God spoke to my heart. He goes, he goes I, I'm taking care of it. He said, there, there's enough resources right inside this building right now to completely take care of that and move forward into what God's called us to move into. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm just telling you what the need is and it's a real need. And we come to that and we say, wow, how are we going to do all these things, pastor? How are we going to do this? Because God's calling in the puzzle pieces. He's putting everything into place to make a difference. He's putting everything into place. And your sons and daughters, your sons and daughters are going to be the ones that are raising the banner and running with the vision that God has for this house. Because I realize now I'm a grandfather. <laughs> I'm a father. And my season has changed. But you young guys, you young ladies, with passion, for the, with zeal for the Lord, you're going to be the ones that are running. And I'm going to be standing there making sure you're resourced and that you're able to do everything God's called you to do. I want to be your biggest cheerleader. I want to pray for you. I want to be a spiritual support for you. I want you to stand on my shoulders. I want you to have every access that you can. So together we can. Being open doesn't always mean being sure. It's called faith. And remember this. God didn't bring you this far to leave you where you are now. He loves you. I want to close with this particular scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, 
nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Your best, our best, is yet to come. And you may be in the middle of a transition right now. You may be in a new place in your life and you don't even know or understand how it's happening like this. Maybe you're facing a whole new lifestyle that you're having to look at. But I want to encourage you this morning. God's got you. Follow him. Trust him. He will not fail you. Could you bow your head and close your eyes all across the room this morning? Father, today, thank you. Thank you for challenging us and reminding us that there are times we have to let go. Thank you, God, for showing us your scripture that helps us to understand that if we're going to walk with giants, if we're going to run the race as the great men and women of God have ran through the ages, that we're going to be confronted with things that sometimes make us uncomfortable. But Father, we understand this, that if we follow your words, if we stay faithful to you, you're always going to be there. So today we say thank you, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today, and I'm going to ask a very simple question. You're here right now, and you feel stuck in your life. The reality is you feel stuck. You feel like, man, it's just like I'm just running in a circle. Maybe spiritually, maybe it's in some, some issues in your life, and, but you just keep running in a circle. And you say, man, and, and now, Pastor, I kind of get it. I need, I need a change. If that's you right now, I want to pray. I want to pray with you. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's not what I'm going to do. But I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to be praying for you. Amen. Okay, you can place your hands back down. And the next question I'm going to ask is this. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm here today. And the reality in my life is that I know that I'm not right with God. I don't ever want a Sunday to go by that people don't get an opportunity to answer an altar call, to answer this question. You're here and you say, I need to get right with God. I need Jesus right now. Nobody has to convince me. I know I need Jesus. If that's you right now, once again, I'm not going to embarrass you, but this is your moment. I want you to slip your hand up right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. This is an important moment. You can place your hands back down. And here's what I want you to do across this house. Would everybody just stand to your feet with me? And today I, I think I'd like to close just a little differently than I normally would. We're fixing to say this prayer. And let me just do that. And then I'll tell you what I want to do. <clears throat> so you raise your hand and said, I need to get right with God. This is your moment. And we're going to do this. We're going to say a simple prayer together as a family. Very simple. So if you would, let's just bow our heads across this room and let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sins and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven. I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord some praise. <clears throat>